On May 22, 1915, amid a flurry of cameras and a battery of outstretched hands, most bearing autograph books and pens, Eugenia Kelly, the young heiress to a sizable New York banking fortune, pushed past waves of idle celebrity watchers and slowly wound her way up the marble staircase at the Yorkville Magistrates' Court on Manhattan's fashionable Upper East Side. Walking beside her lawyer, 19-year-old Eugenia, impressed bystanders, as unexpectedly well-poised and confident. She sported a green-shade Norfolk suit, one courtroom observer reported, a white silk shirtwaist with a loose, rolling collar, and a bright red necktie. Her wavy hair was covered by a tri-cornered brimless hat of black straw, decorated with yellow and a rosette. Eugenia couldn't have struck a sharper contrast with her mother, Helen Kelly, a matronly widow of ambiguous middle age who arrived at the magistrate's building just moments after her daughter. Mrs. Kelly was clad in an old-fashioned, long-necked black dress whose severity found only the slightest relief from the touch of white lace that wrapped around her collar. As she took her seat in the courtroom, Mrs. Kelly fixed her gaze nervously on Eugenia, who refused to acknowledge her mother. And no wonder, just two nights earlier, Mrs. Kelly had sworn out an arrest warrant against Eugenia and asked that a judge commit her to a correctional institution. After hearing Mrs. Kelly's woeful tale, a local magistrate immediately consented to the request. That evening, without warning, two plainclothes detectives confronted and arrested Eugenia inside a restaurant at Pennsylvania Station. She spent several late hours in lockup until her older sister arrived with bail money. Eugenia, it seemed, had turned overnight from a sweet young society belle into an irredeemable wild child. By her mother's estimation, she was even likely to become depraved. For months, Eugenia had been frequenting the dance halls on Broadway, where she acquired an insatiable appetite for jazz, cigarettes, absinthe, and brandy. She was also keeping company with an older married man, Al Davis, whom authorities described as a tango pirate. A confidence man who preyed on unsuspecting rich girls. Though money was the primary motive driving Mrs. Kelly's concern, Eugenia would inherit $10 million on her 21st birthday. And the family was hellbent on stopping her from squandering her bequest on a miscreant like Al Davis. She shrewdly justified her case by highlighting Eugenia's antisocial behavior. What to do with a young woman who stayed out until three or four in the morning? Every night. With the exception of her lawyer, all parties concerned, including the state magistrate, seemed to agree that Eugenia was out of control. Maybe even criminally wayward. Why, if I didn't go to at least six cabarets a night, she allegedly told her mother, I would lose my social standing. The weepy-eyed Mrs. Kelly had tried everything, increasing Eugenia's allowance, docking her allowance, begging her to stay home, ordering her to stay home. She had even tried locking the front door of her east side townhouse after midnight.
in the hope that Eugenia wouldn't risk spending a long, cold night on the front porch stoop. No use. Eugenia had smashed out the glass window above the brass handle and unlocked the door from the inside. In vain. Eugenia's lawyer, Frank Cocker, asked that the charges against his client be dismissed. She was 19 years old, after all. An adult, legally entitled to make her own mistakes. This motion only infuriated the magistrate, who dressed down Cocker in no uncertain terms. The issue is plain, he bellowed. As to whether the defendant is disobedient to the reasonable commandment of her mother, who is her natural and legal guardian, whether she associates with vicious and depraved people, and whether she is liable to become morally depraved, the trial would proceed.